0: Welcome to the Profitable Farmer podcast, where it's all about increasing the profitability of your farm by working smarter, not harder. G'day and welcome once again to Profitable Farmer. Thank you for dialing in and listening from all around Australia. We call ourselves Profitable Farmer, but um, I do question that sometimes because it's not always only about profit. Um, I think what we're in the business of really is helping farmers learn and listen to experts in a range of fields that help us all live our best life on farm and be better leaders and create wealth and riches certainly beyond just money. Um, sure money's part of it, but you know there is more to life, I think we'd all agree, than um than focusing on that alone. So it's with that in mind that I'm delighted to invite two wonderful ladies to join me today to explore a really important top topic, which is mindfulness. And importantly, min- mindfulness and its role in business and farm leadership. Um, perhaps it's something that's not necessarily really well understood and so I'm looking forward to um, speaking with both Tracy Seacom and Haley Grosser, who I'll introduce shortly, um, around this whole concept of the importance of mindfulness and how we can start or progress on our journey on being mindful business leaders as farming families and as owners and um, successful farm business operators. So with that in mind, Hayley, welcome. How are you?
1: Great. Thank you, Jeremy. Thanks so much for having me.
0: It's wonderful having you online. My first question to you is how can you possibly be mindful with a third boy under four weeks of age now recently on the ground. Congratulations on that. And, and how are you going in this whole conversation around mindfulness with a newborn in the family?
1: Um, thank you. So it's definitely been a really big change in perspective, looking at it from a mindful point of view. I used to block out part of the day to do a meditation practice and various other mindful tools throughout the day but now I'm finding it's really hard to change because I've had to find little tiny snippets in a day rather than big blocks to be able to do that. So my mindful practice has kind of now gone into lots of little two- or three-minute blocks that I can work in around, you know, the unpredictability, I think, of having a newborn baby in the house.
0: Yeah, well done. And there's some learnings in that for us as we get underway about how to make this part of a busy life um, and a changing life rather than perhaps trying to um, yeah, compress and manage, I guess, life and mindfulness separately. So look forward to exploring that. So everyone, Hayley Grosser um, runs an online business called The Abundant Farmer. And um, it's a wonderful program that helps farmers or teaches farmers to become more mindful, um, especially around money and wealth creation. And living abundant lives on farm. So, um, well, it's great having you here, Hayley, and joining us with Hayley. And many of you will know, and it's great to have you back, Tracy Seacombe, who's one of the Farm Owner Academy um, senior coaches. And um, you will all know, um, I think, just the degree to which Tracy's completely qualified to speak on all things mindfulness. Um, all things connectedness and living our best lives. So, Tracy, welcome.
2: Thank you. Thanks, Jeremy. Thanks. It's nice to be here, and it's nice to be here with Hayley as well.
0: Isn't it? That's great. So thank you. Now, perhaps just to kick us off, and Tracy, I might ask you to speak first. What how do you describe this thing called mindfulness? And why is it relevant and why is it becoming an important component of I guess this, this new leadership, if you like, that, that is being encouraged.
2: Great question. So for me, mindfulness is very much about being present in the moment. If you think about it in the exact moment that you're in, it's actually very difficult to have a negative emotion if you're very present. Our negative emotions come up when we rehash and go into the past or when we project into the future and worry, which is imagining the worst case scenario. So it's human nature for us to do both, to rehash, go over the past and to then go into the future and worry about what might happen next. And when you think about leadership, leadership is about having a vision and being able to share that vision with your team and inspire your team And to be able to do that, you need to have clarity around your vision, belief in your vision. And when you do, you can allow yourself to be present because you're not second guessing yourself all the time and worrying about whether something's going to work or not. So that allows you to become very present in the moment. And of course, you're very productive and very effective if you're present and focused in the moment.
0: Thanks, Tracy. Um, Hayley, what's your take on this?
1: Tracy, that was an absolutely brilliant way to put mindfulness. I kind of refer to it to my clients sometimes as that fly on the wall approach. You know, you're in the, you're fully engaged and you're in the moment, but you're also aware of your thoughts and your feelings without being attached to them, and you don't have the distraction or judgment around them. So it's like you're in the present moment, and you can step out of that, but take that view into your life, where it's very simple, and it creates that um, different perspective on life that, you know, makes you more calm, less reactive, and when that flows through to leadership, you can see how that flows through your whole team by being able to do that.
0: Thank you. So I guess I'm interested in both of your comments on what you see in the farming families that you work with and, and what's the opposite of mindfulness so I mean I think we all lead very busy lives with work and with business and with family and with community. And often we find ourselves reactive to a lot of that um, and perhaps not necessarily being anywhere near mindful. So I guess what's what's an example of of a typical farmer or farming family that that isn't Participating or playing this way, how do you, how would you describe what you see out there um, as a in a, in a less than mindful individual, Tracy?
2: So, um, and I wouldn't confine this to farmers, but I think that the whole ethic of farming is that we work hard. There's real pride in that. And there is a lot of positive things about that. But I think the long hours and working on the weekends and the fact that there is a very blurred line between family life and business because they're all in the same package. So somebody who works in a corporate setting can get in their car, drive off to work, drive home and leave that behind and walk into the house and they're no longer at work. And I think that that gets blurred with the farming families that I've worked with, where you're constantly thinking about work because it's so blended. And so, therefore, you live in your head. And so, rather than being very present, you know, I had this lovely um, farming man say to me that. You know, he felt like he wasn't present when he was out on the tractor because he was feeling guilty about not being with his family. And then when he was in with his family, he wasn't present with his kids because he was guilty about not being on the tractor. So he was never present for any of it. And I think that there is a lot of conditioning around that. I think that they've grown up watching their dads work really long hours um, and then the mum equally is very busy doing everything else. So completely single mumming it in some ways, even though dad's not too far away. Um, and, Also being available, this is what the farmer's wives tell me, is that at the drop of a hat their husband will say, come out and help me, uh, with no warning. So there's no planning. It makes it difficult for planning, which allows you to stay very present if you're scheduled and you're planned, whereas that ad hoc way of living can cause you to always be in your head um, and not be present and relaxed.
0: Tracy, just to extend on that, how can that play out over time? If we are ad hoc and reactive and we are thinking about business at home and thinking about um, home at the farm and all the regrets and um, stresses that can come with that, how how does that play out over time if left unaddressed?
2: Yeah, so there's so many ways. Um, the first thing is that guilt is one of the emotions that we don't need. So there are a lot of emotions that are all very valid Um, but I find that guilt is one that doesn't help anyone, um, guilt and resentment. So feeling guilty about something you've done or resenting something that someone else has done. So in the example where the husband isn't present, you get both. So you get resentment from the wife, that he's never there. And then you get guilt from him because he's never there. And so both of those emotions gnaw away at you. They're ones that are not effective and they're not well expressed and so this then starts to break down your sense of self-worth. And when we're insecure and we have low self-worth, we act out in insecure ways which are negative in terms of our, our relationships. So then you start to see a breakdown in the relationship both with husband and wife but also the children and the parents because the children just want attention. That's really all they need is they they really equate attention or being noticed As love. And so this is why sometimes you'll see children act out because the only way they can get parents' attention is by mucking up and being naughty, so to speak, um, so that they get some attention. And then of course the communication um, often breaks down because we're so in our heads we're not present enough to listen. And true communication in any relationship really comes down to being present and listening. So you know, we, we always joked with my husband when he was really busy with work that he'd be miles away and not even listening to us and say yes when it didn't make sense, you know, to say yes. And so we really feel that in the families. And so I think that the flow-on effects are health, um, burnout, because there's no time to look after yourself, health in terms of this negative self-worth because of the guilt, um, and then break down relationships because of you know, not being present and not being able to communicate well with each other
0: Hayley, what do you what's your take on the um the potential cost of not being mindful
1: i think too um, i kind of refer to the opposite of mindfulness as mindful and so i think with farmers their mind is so full of things like whether it's to do whether it's to like Tracy said, with families, you know, they're looking to the future, they're looking to the past, they're trying to get things done in the everyday. It's kind of like having a messy workshop where everything's in there, all the elements are there except they they can't really find it or they might find it on a given day if they remember where it is. There's no clarity of direction. There's no real um, place where that they want to actually, you know, there's no place to get clear on what they want to do. So their mind is constantly swirling full of things and they're trying to be here and they're trying to be there. They're trying to move the business forward but not actually getting anywhere. And so you know, this has a massive impact, like Tracy said, on relationships, on where the farm is going, on profitability, on what they're actually achieving efficiency-wise on the farm. And I know this is definitely where the space that we were at is that our minds were so full of things that we just didn't know how to get where we needed to go because we didn't have the space in our heads to um, combat any issues that come in because we were very reactive to it. Um, We didn't have that really big strong direction so there was no focus, there was no clarity. We couldn't have that understanding of each other because we couldn't see where each other was coming from. And just the creative part of farming, or just the creative part of our minds, could never be switched on, or the intuitive part, because there wasn't any room for it to actually come through. And so it just—I think a lot of farmers are in this space. Their just minds are full of stuff that it just can't get out, and they just can't get where they want to be.
0: Thanks, Haley. I really like the messy workshop metaphor. That's really (laughs) resonated with me. (laughs) Are so ineffective. When we're trying to run a business with a messy workshop, I mean, it's just one of those great metaphors that that help me, yeah, look at yeah, the, even the inefficiency that can come with this. So, we talk about getting out of our mind um, and and connecting perhaps at a deeper level. Just before we sort of explore that further, what's the role of our mind if we if we're trying to get out of it and and be um, more calm and composed and present? and reduce the level of activity of the busyness of our logical brain. Tracy, what's the point of that part of our mind that we seem to be so distracted by?
2: That is such a great question because the mind is an incredible tool, but I think we've lost sight of that and we actually allow our mind to rule us rather than the other way around. So if we understand that we can be in control of our mind and that we can actually use it as a tool, it can be very, very effective. But when it takes over and our thoughts just snowball and head in a certain direction or they're very scattered, like Hayley was mentioning, you know, with the messy workshop where it's just all over the place, there is no clarity. And so if we understand how powerful the mind is and we learn how to use it as our tool, we can really create incredible lives. And I think we need to understand the difference between the conscious mind and the subconscious mind as well so that we can actually develop new belief systems in the subconscious mind. And that will naturally create a calmer conscious mind Um, Because if we um, have, for example, been brought up with the idea that to be successful we have to work hard um, or busyness is a sign of success, you know, when somebody says, how are you? and the person says, busy, oh, good, good, you know, (laughs) that's a good sign, (laughs) things must be going well because you're busy. So we almost um, wear that like a badge of honour. And so if we realise that we are in control of our mind and we learn the tools and the skills to tame our mind and really get the best out of it, then our mind is so powerful because everything begins with a thought. So rather than thinking that all of our thoughts are true, and that we are our thoughts and that we can't do anything about our thoughts, we can actually plant new thoughts, choose those thoughts, focus on what we want rather than focusing on the problem or what we don't want. Then we will start to take different actions and get different results. So the, t- the mind is so powerful and it's just a matter of knowing that you're in charge of it and that you can change it and how it works.
0: So is, is it fair to say, Hayley, that... that a lot of us are in our conscious mind and that that's where the busyness is and by quietening that that we then get to bring the subconscious to the fore and embrace some of its power is that part of what we're exploring here
1: absolutely because in our logical mind we just get things caught up on autopilot So because we're thinking and we're feeling and acting in the same way all the time, and like Tracy said, when it comes to that, um, you know, busy is a great thing, we're conditioned to be busy, and so it just plays out unconsciously, it just happens. And so we create all this busyness in our mind from all of this controlled conditioning and patterns that are happening. And so when we actually give ourselves space and step, let's say, out of our heads, and take a look back in, what we can start to see is that a lot of these patterns that are happening, we can change. And so we start to see a bit of an image of what's happening in the subconscious mind, all of these things that are actually ruling our life, that are creating our life. And so by being aware of them, we can actually then choose to change them and then redirect the focus and redirect things to where we actually want them to be, where we want our farm to go, you know, where we want to go in life. And I think that's where, like Tracy said, the control comes into it. We get to control how life is by having that dramatic change in mindset. And so it's I think people underestimate how much we are in control. And it's just really a it's another belief or more conditioning to think that we're not.
0: I'd love, Haley, if you would just to share your journey in this a little more, if you could. Um so when you mentioned before, there's it there was a point in time where you were perhaps reactive and and life was busy and chaotic. How how has your journey played out to arrive you to where you are now?
1: Yeah, so I was definitely um, a person who loved being busy. You know, we were on the farm. I had kids. I prided myself in being ridiculously busy, being in community events, in different on different um, committees. I was working full time. I was juggling everything and thought I was like so successful because this was amazing. This was great. And, um, you know, it got to a point where I think a lot of us do when we're in that high achieving type role is that I got really burnt out and really hit rock bottom. I didn't want to be doing what I was doing. And I just felt compelled that that's all I'd known because I was very much conditioned to work hard and if you sat on the couch, you were lazy and, you know, if the sun's still up, you should still be doing something. And so I just associated success and that's how we thought on our farm was how we were going to make our farm better was that we just needed to work harder. And so I was busy off farm and my husband was busy on farm and we just were, you know, striving to make it a lot better but it was coming out of busyness. But we kind of got to the point where we went, okay, we're actually getting further apart. So I'm busy off farm and I have no mental capacity when I get home to think about farming or think about the decisions I hadn't been to the farm for months so how would I know what the lambs even looked like because I was busy kind of making money off farm to put it into the farm to make it bigger and then you know we were getting lost in this massive process of things being in our mind and then my husband wasn't feeling supported because I was too distracted, you know, because I had no brain capacity left once the kids were there and I got home, that our business just wasn't getting anywhere and it just was hitting a ceiling. And we kind of sat down and went, this is nothing how we would like life to be. Like, this is not exactly what we signed up for. This is not how we want our farming life to be. So what really needs to change? And so I had gone down, I'd started to go down the path of my own personal development, and really starting to get my head around my thoughts and how they were playing out in my life, all my conditioned beliefs, everything that was happening. And that was kind of when we found Farm Owners Academy, which then gave us that direction of going, actually, hang on, where we're at is our responsibility. You know, it's our responsibility to change our lives. And we have the power to do that. And I think the first year in Farm Owners Academy, from a financial point of view on our farm, all we could do was change our mindset. We didn't have the money at that point to be able to go and invest in different things. We didn't have the you know the money necessarily or the cash flow to change our management practice. So all we could do in our first year of Farm Owners Academy was take everything on board we were getting taught about mindset and really put that into practice. And I suppose the first step we did with that was especially around money to move that kind of um, mentality from our business So because that was our biggest area of blockage that we saw and our biggest area that we needed to take responsibility in. And so that switch in mindset just in that first 12 months is what set us up to completely propel our business into the future because we're now in um, year, three, year three of Farm Owners Academy And we're now only just starting to make those management decision changes. We're starting to make those bigger monetary changes now. And so for us, the power in that mind and the power in our brain was phenomenal in terms of changing our business around.
0: Thank you, Hayley. So what's your mindful practice? What do you do now? Um, Maybe we can answer this in two ways. What did you do five weeks ago? (laughs) Before you had a newborn, what do you do now so that you can be calm, composed, mindful um, in how you go about your days and weeks?
1: Yeah, so pre, I'll call it pre-baby, I would um, meditate in the morning for around about 20 minutes and that really set the foundations for my day. And then now post-baby, I now just check into myself a couple of times a day and it's really when I'm sitting down to feed because I'm really there present in the moment. And so I just check in with my body and I make sure I can feel my legs touching the couch and I you know take notice of my breath and I just check in that I can feel what's happening in the moment. I smell the smells in the room. I listen to the sounds of what's going on. you know I you know take a look at my baby and just really sit there and let's call it breathe in the moment. And so that keeps me grounded now over the day and I think it makes me a much calmer person and a much calmer mum and I can see that being reflected um, in our baby as well.
0: How so? How how does it, I I know that concept that when I walk into a room that you can kind of feel the energy of others in the room, but how do you believe that being calm and composed and mindful um, plays out even with your newborn?
1: he's very close to me in terms of energetically all day and so I can just feel and sense his calmness coming off my calmness because I actually had a moment um, a few weeks ago where um, one of my bigger children weren't exactly being great and I found myself reacting to the situation and yelling and then instantly found that he fed like our baby fed off that emotion and You know, he was completely calm and completely content and all of a sudden he was unsettled. He was, like, frustrated. He was wriggling around. He wasn't his normal self. As soon as I kind of went, pulled up myself and went, hang on, this is not how I want to react, let's just take a breath and calm, he then instantly calmed. So I can see kind of that direct correlation. Just because we're in each other's space the whole day basically I can see from moment to moment how he reacts versus how I'm reacting.
0: Nice, Tracy. What's coming up for you as we?
1: Yeah, that's so true,
2: and I think that energetically, children will feel it. Um, the younger they are, the more they will feel it. The more aware they are. Um, but we all feel it. You know, um, every husband has has said to their their wife what's wrong, and every wife has said nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and they know something's wrong. Um, so we can all read energy, and we can definitely pass it on. Um, and I love the fact that you mentioned Haley about you in the moment noticing that this is not how you want to be, and you're able to reset. And I think that that's the real benefit of meditation. I think sometimes. Um, people are unsure about whether to start doing meditation or how to do it and all of that Um, but I think it's important to understand the benefit of it and the flow and effect and what I've experienced is that presence that Hayley mentioned when she's sitting there feeding him she'll notice her legs touching the couch she becomes present in her body and when I meditate in the morning my routine is to Open my eyes, meditate, and then walk along the beach because I find that being in nature is a really calming energetic influence. And so I feel so calm that that becomes my status quo. So as soon as there's a little kink in the calmness, I'm very aware of it. I feel it very strongly. It doesn't go unnoticed. Whereas when I was back in my stressed out phase four years ago, running three businesses, and supposedly bringing up three kids, they must have been bringing themselves up. Don't know how they survived, really. I think that I was like the frog in the pot. You know, the water was just gradually boiling and I never jumped out. And so I wasn't aware of my energy because I didn't know what calm felt like. Whereas now, when you have your status quo as calm, you will notice any little anxiety or any little. Unusual feeling in your body that feels uncomfortable, and then you can tap in and see what that is. So, one of my practices as well is to just notice throughout the day whether I feel completely free or whether I have this little kink in my calmness. And if I do, then I can do a little yoga flow for like five minutes. Um, or just a few deep breaths or a bit of a stretch or walk outside and very quickly bring it back. So I think that that's one of the really great benefits of starting up a meditation practice is getting that base level and becoming very aware when you're not calm because many of us are so not calm that we don't even know that we're not calm.
0: (laughs) I predict and I reflect on my father when I say this. Um, He left... The farm now 15 years ago and five years later looked younger than he did for the 20 years that he was on farm and I'd say that lovingly and respectfully but he made a comment that he you know I used to ask him are you stressed how do you handle stress and he says I'm not stressed but I think then 10 years after leaving the farm I think he realized that he'd never lived without stress until yeah. you know so I think there is so much pressure and to your point before Tracy we're never leaving the farm necessarily, unless we're, you know, taking an, a practical and physical holiday. So we're in our businesses and we're in our families all the time. Um, I'm willing to predict that some people have never felt anything other than busy, distracted, reactive, responsive. So I guess my question, Tracy, to you is: for someone who has heard of these things and probably, you know labelled them as not for them for whatever reason, how would you have them get started?
2: Well, that's how the Karma's Code Challenge came about actually is I ran the first Calmness Code Challenge last month and I just thought I would try it out and see whether it was helpful and I was absolutely amazed at the results that people got in just seven days. And I think what people need is they need support and they need accountability and they enjoy being part of a group as they do it. Um, And so we were all supporting each other over seven days and introducing some different ways of becoming calm that these people hadn't tried before. So they were able to ask questions and say, oh, when I sat down to meditate, I just thought all the time, what's that about, you know, and get that reassurance so that they don't just give up and think that they're not doing it right Um, Because I think that for many of us, we grew up trying things and if we weren't good at it, we would give up. Um, If we weren't encouraged or got positive feedback, then we would automatically think, well, I'm not good at this. And so this can apply even when it comes to mindfulness. And so I think that people who are thinking this is not for me, I think that it helps to be introduced to it in a way where you're surrounded by other people who are just like you. So they're feeling really busy in their mind, rehashing, overthinking. Perhaps they've got an idea that calmness might be good for them. They're not really sure why or how. And then together you can be introduced over the seven day period of gradually introducing some subtle changes um, so that you can experience that change. Because I think that if it's very foreign to you, you're making a lot of assumptions about it Um, and it's just about learning more about it and seeing what works for you. And the other thing that I do because I came from that space where if someone had told me to meditate, I would have said I don't have time for that, (laughs) classic response. And now I'm the complete opposite. If I have a really busy week coming up, I will meditate for longer like I will do more of my mindfulness because I need it more to be able to get through that time. And so I have completely reversed my priorities. So my priority used to be my business, my businesses, and then my family and then me. That was my order. And now it's me and it's not selfish because I need to fill up my own cup so that I can give more. Then it's my family and then it's my business. And my business is absolutely flourishing as a result of treating it that way, and the same with my clients and the same with the farmers who apply this as well. Um, So I think that that's probably what I would say to people who are thinking, yeah, yeah, mindfulness. (laughs) I think it's worthwhile exploring it and having a look at it.
0: Thank you. I'll come back and uh, introduce the Calmness Code Challenge um, and explain that shortly, Tracy. But Haley, um, what are the ways in which you recommend to people that they might practice mindfulness? So Tracy's touched on meditation. Um, what are the other and being in nature? Um, what are some of the other ways that that you see people being able to successfully be more mindful?
1: I think working with farmers too. We very they very much when they're in that busyness. When you're trying to tell them to slow down will actually help you be more productive. They do kind of look at you like they're crazy and they're like, well, I don't have time to do that. So what I suggest to do to them is find time within their day, within the areas that they, you know, on the farm where they like to be and just take the time to just stop and breathe. So I know sometimes my husband will go up to like the top of our favourite hill and he'll just sit there and he'll just take two minutes to just look over the land, look over his crops, look over the sheep, and just sit there and breathe for a couple of minutes. Just actually bring himself back into the moment. And then it kind of re energizes him to keep going for the rest of the day. So I really encourage them just to find something in their day that really works for them. So whether that's stopping and breathing and um, taking that time, or whether it's just sitting in the ute while they're having lunch and just really taking notice of what they're eating or what they're feeling, or whether it's when they're sitting on the tractor, instead of losing their minds, um, you know, because the auto steers on and they're thinking about tea or they're thinking about what's happening on the weekend or something else, just really get them to get in that space where they feel really present, like notice what the tractor's doing, notice the crop going in, um, you know, even notice what's happening on the yield map if that's what's going on in harvest time. Just really bring back that moment and find it in a space that feels good for them. because. Sometimes when you, like Tracy said, you say to them, you know, meditation would be really great. They kind of shut up shop because they think they need to be sitting, you know, cross-legged on a mat, you know, going, um, you know, for half an hour, an hour. But it's not got anything to do with that. It's just really being able to bring yourself back to a moment and just being able to sit in it, take away any distraction, take away anything else that's going on in the world, in your life, because everything in that moment is perfect and there's absolutely nothing, you know, there's nothing that you need to worry about in that moment. And so it's really just encouraging people to find what works for them in their own space.
0: Perfect, Hayley. Um, Everything is perfect in the present. I think to your point right at the start, Tracy, that you can't have a negative thought, belief or feeling if you're focusing on the now. So I really do appreciate that comment is it about a 20 minute half an hour meditation at the start of the day and one at the end or is there a way Hayley for and and especially now with a young one you mentioned just being mindful throughout the day um how do you achieve that practically I mean you've touched on it but I wouldn't mind you just sort of exploring that further for a busy person in a busy day in a busy life um how can you grab those moments throughout the day
1: It's really, you could go the extreme in terms of setting an alarm on your phone to check in, to stop, to have a couple of minutes, or just knowing that throughout the flow of your day, there's, you know, you're not always crazy busy or you're not always, you know, peaking when you're doing things. So, really starting to get people to notice the ebbs and flows of their day and then in those moments being able to incorporate it. It could be, you know, as silly as it sounds when they sit down to go to the toilet in the morning, you know, just incorporating a couple of, you know, five deep breaths just in that moment. It might be that, um, you know, when they walk outside to get some wood to pop on the fire, just really start to go, okay, well, before I pick up this wood, I'm just going to take five breaths or I'm just going to basically look at or feel what the morning is, you know, a cool, crisp morning. Like I'm just going to take in that moment. And so it's really just um, making it practical Um, from their point of view and really just getting them to check in when they can and if that's a reminder on their phone that they need to do that or if it's just a little prompt that they need to be able to put that in because I think once you start doing it you really understand what the potency of what it is when you're not doing it so if you can find a way that's consistent for you then you'll notice when it's not there because you know how much it enhances your day. And I think it's getting that initial um, habit happening before and then it gets the flow and effect after that.
0: Thanks, Hayley. So for me, I um, used to think that leadership was about control and organisation and having really clear goals and really well-structured months and breaking it down to make the most of any minute. I had massive lists with priorities, A, B, C, and I used to think I was just so strong on the time management front. Um, And then I went on this spiritual journey with a wonderful man who taught me so much about letting go of that busyness in my mind. And now I try and go about life just really appreciating that I can only really do one thing at once. And he's actually taught me over time to get out of my head and just check in and feel into what it is that I want to do next and then just do that. Um, It's a wonderful way to play in that I, I have a very concise list now and very little in my diary and I kind of just finish one task and stop and check in and... Feel into what it is that i need to do next and then the next thing comes up and as you said before Haley, it's kind of perfect so don't get me wrong i've got lists and structures and all of that but i'm not beholden to those and how i live with those structures i'm now going about in a very different way tracy i'm just keen for your take on perhaps what i've just said and and I guess how we can encourage people perhaps just to slow down and let go of the busyness and let go of that noise and just allow themselves to be um, focused quietly and steadily on one thing at a time.
2: Yeah, I love the example that you gave because I think a lot of people think that busy means that you take a lot of action and giving up busy means that you're going to sit around and do nothing and i take a lot of inspired action and i have a schedule i have appointments booked in and i go from one appointment to the other but as you mentioned when you're very present in the task that's at hand that you're not busy you're actually relaxed so it's a form of meditation in itself. You know, right now we're having a conversation and this feels like meditation to me because I'm intently listening to each of you as you speak. And so I'm really enjoying this. And the other thing that I would say about what you said before is that when all of us talk about our before lives, it's like we've all had the same story, really. You know, we're all flat out reaching for success, you know, busy bees. And I think it becomes to a different definition of success And asking ourselves the question, what are we waiting for? So first of all, the definition of success. If we think that success is about earning lots of money, which there's nothing wrong with that, but if we think that it's to the detriment of our enjoyment of life, that it doesn't matter that we're unhappy most of the time because at least we've got lots of money, I think maybe we don't have a balanced idea of what success is. And if we think that we have to do what we're doing, as well. And we forget that we're always choosing it. So I always say to myself, if I feel anything but joy when I'm about to do something, you're choosing to do this. If you don't want to do it, don't do it. If you do want to do it, have fun while you do it. And if you can start to live your life like that in each moment, then you're embracing true success, which is you're on this planet to have a great time, enjoy yourself, help other people by doing what lights you up, And, you know, be present and and don't wait until dot, dot, dot to be happy. Um, I heard someone ask this the other day, which I just thought summed it up perfectly in terms of um, the talk that I do for you guys around Enjoy the Journey. And they said, what is the end destination when you go on holiday? And the end destination is home because you go on the holiday and you come home. So you don't wait till you get home to enjoy yourself. You enjoy yourself on the holiday until you come home. And so if you think about the journey we're on now, if you're waiting until you've got X dollars in the bank or if you're waiting until you've got a freedom farm or whatever it may be until you're going to be happy, then you're never going to be happy. So I think that presence is about embracing this moment, recognising that you're choosing it. Even if it feels like you're not, you're choosing to be there, otherwise you wouldn't be there, you can change it or you can embrace it and then you'll be mindful and you'll be enjoying what you're doing. It doesn't mean that you stop doing. You just do things from a different space, from a different energy, from a calm place.
1: And I have to add to this, Tracy too, is that having a newborn has been the ultimate um, letting go of the structure and letting go of my to-do lists and all of the control that I used to give myself. It's been amazing, actually. And what I was taught from a mentor was that what is the least amount of structure you need to create the greatest amount of flow in your life? And so it was about me, like checking in, like Jeremy said, and going, what is it that I actually want to do? Because before um, our baby come along, I actually outsourced a lot of things that didn't light me up, that didn't bring me joy, that I knew that I wouldn't put any time into, like post baby, because it just wasn't something that I ever wanted to do. And so I really just did that. I let go of the things that didn't work for me, but then just went, okay, really just lay back and go, what do I want to do today? Like I have these tasks to do, let me feel into it. Like Jeremy said, and what lights me up? What do I want to do? Because if I tried to push myself and do this big to-do list that I wasn't feeling it about, then it'd take me 10 times as long. But if it's something that I love to do, then realistically, it would take me half the time or it would take me five minutes to do. And I think on a farm, like a lot of farmers get caught up in, yes, there are certain things you have to do at certain times. But like you said, if you have to do it, then instead of say, whinging about it or complaining that it has to be done, how can you find the joy in it? How can you look at it and go, you know what, doing this thing actually gets me closer to my goal, so I'm going to enjoy the process while I'm doing it. You know, how is this thing, how can I bring some fun to this and make it so much better? Because the day goes so much quicker and realistically, you end up so much happier by the end of the day than if you had dwelled on those feelings of complain and whinging and I don't want to do this.
0: Thank you, Haley. So, is it true that I can achieve more by doing less? Haley, absolutely. Your on that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I yeah always used to think that you had to do more to get more, but most of the time, the less that I do, actually, the better the farm flows and the better my business flows. When I start to push and when I start to make things happen and when I start to really try and work let's call it too hard I create resistance in my business and it just doesn't feel good and it actually goes the opposite direction so by doing less and doing those strategic things so what Tracy said the aligned action or the inspired action actually means that I achieve more so much more than ever before and in half the amount of time or a couple of hours in a day.
0: Tracy what's your take on that?
2: Yeah, I think it's all about the vibration or the energy or the emotion that you're feeling when you do things. And so if you're forcing yourself to do more than is practical in a period of time, for example, one of the ladies I'm working with um, was working very long hours and getting four or five hours sleep a night, night after night after night. And she admitted that she was addicted to it. And in the end, she ended up completely unreasonable and emotional, her own words, you know, just overreacting to everything and just fell in a heap. And so she realised that she wasn't actually achieving anything by being this martyr and just pushing herself to work these really long hours, even though she is passionate about the work that she does. So we're no good to ourselves and we're no good to anyone if we just work so hard that we're burnt out, grouchy and irritable. And we're so effective when we're in the right headspace and we're feeling really good that we can just achieve things so much more effectively that we get better outcomes So, you know, I go through ebbs and flows, I really trust myself. I worked solidly for three months, um, the last quarter till the 30th of June. And then last week, I practically had the week off, and everything just fell into place so that I could do that. And it was just perfect timing for me, it felt like I needed to do two hour walks on the beach rather than one hour. And Now I'm refreshed again and I have a full calendar this week, but I'll be very present and can still do all of those things without being burnt out and without compromising that time to myself as well.
1: I can definitely vouch for this from a farm point of view too and I know my husband won't mind me sharing this, is that, you know, say three years ago when he was like mindful, he was completely like everything took longer and he was always like he was out on the tractor till late. He was up early. Everything was a constant push and it was always taking a lot of time. So that took time away from family and away from holidays and away from all of the personal time because he was so focused on where we had to be and then obviously instilled with that work, 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 work. That's how you get there. And then now three years down the track, The difference in him is amazing because he's so much calmer and he's actually doing so much less but it's coming from a more strategic place and the crop's going in on time, if not in front of time. You know, he doesn't, you know, come home in a foul mood and, you know, ranting and raving at everything that broke down in the day and really reacting to things. He has so much more time for family, like it's just like it's amazing. Like, all of this time has seemed to open up when he's not really doing, you know, all the jobs are still the same on the farm, but just his perspective or his mind clearing, you know, the space that he's created in his mind has changed so much that it's created and opened that space in the farm. And so we're living a much different life than we were, you know, three years ago.
0: Thanks, Hayley. Perfect. So... We touched on a point before about not being so focused on work and farming at home and not being so focused on family and home when farming. Any tips for helping people transition between those two environments and and be better able to leave work and leave farming outside the farm gate and, you know, really focus on wife, husband, children, home when we're there? Tracy?
2: Yeah, I think it's a matter of remembering to create a ritual around clocking on and clocking off. Um, So, you know, for example, my husband had the 45-minute drive home, so it was easy for him to be able to. He always walked in the door from work singing so, you know, we got this happy vibe as soon as he walked in the door. But no doubt, he was probably on the phone most of the way home and, you know, dealing with work stuff. But he really learned that when he opened that front door, he took off his work hat and put on his dad hat. And so I think you've just got to make this clear distinction and whether or not you need some downtime so that you actually have a break between thinking about work and then greeting your family, so whether you can, you know, go for a run or even just, you know, have a few minutes to yourself before you straight away into um, the room, um, I know that my husband and a lot of men say that. We, as women, have more words than men. (laughs) And so sometimes we need to give our husband a bit of a break when he gets home from work before we start telling him about our day. Um, And so if we can just be open about that and have that communication where whoever it is that's coming home um, has that little bit of space to recover, if they haven't had a long drive home um, and then just step in and totally be there. Don't think about work until it's time to think about work again and vice versa. Totally be where you are. And just, you know, little, little reminders, be here now is just the thing that I used to say to train myself to do it. Be here now. Don't be anywhere else. Just be here right now. Um, so just use that as a reminder.
0: You mentioned a ritual. I... I used to race home because I felt guilty that I wasn't back there half an hour ago, whatever that was. Yeah. I had to physically teach myself to drive home the longer way, be it from the workshop or from my office off farm, and made a point of just sitting in the car for three minutes before I got out of the car to go in the gate. And there was a favourite tree of mine. So I just sit there and just sort of, put a leaf in my hand and just kind of stroke it a little bit but I'd actually then there were three steps up through the, so the the tree was for putting Jane and Jane first and then there were three steps up and then a fourth one into the door and each one of those steps were for each of my kids and I used to make a conscious choice to step up those steps slowly and just give a fo- bring my focus back to each one of our children. So I just think having a little ritual like that um, has served me well and a conscious system for transitioning. Um, so I hope that's useful for listeners, but I, I just think it's so important, especially for blokes perhaps that are racing home and not giving themselves permission just to take that little micro break to reset so that we arrive home in a better frame of mind. Haley, for you.
1: Absolutely like I agree with both of you and I know like my husband he'll sit in the ute for a couple of minutes and just sit there and kind of get his composure I suppose before he walks into the craziness but I know when the kids come home from school because I live we live in town at the moment the I can hear the school bell go so once the school bell goes and they're walking home I know I've got five minutes so when they walk in the door I always greet them in that same happy manner you know how was your day and I'm never like rah, rah, rah. Like I always make sure it's like that. And the same as when um, my husband will walk in the door, I always greet him the same way with that happy, upbeat um, way because, you know, I want to have, you know, create that relationship. But I think too for some people they may get a hard time coming home. You know, why weren't you home earlier? Why weren't you doing this? So I think it's about also, you know, having that conversation with your partner to say, look, I just need this time for five minutes for myself to unwind, to then make me a better person, I think, going through to the night because sometimes there's not that understanding until, you know, because say for my husband sitting in the U, it could look like he's just avoiding coming home or he's scrolling on Facebook, but, you know, he just needs that five minutes. So I think there needs to be that communication too about what each other needs to have that ritual, to kind of let that go so everyone can be present together.
0: Great. Perfect. Thank you. Um, Two more questions, if I could. Um, Tracy. firstly, meditation, I guess, is one of the go-to tools that we have to really um, become present and more mindful. Would you mind just giving us your take on the different types and perhaps where to start? if meditation is somewhat new for our listeners?
2: Yeah, I recommend um, that you work out what kind of learner you are and which type of meditation you prefer. So there can be audio, visual and kinesthetic. So audio, listening to something. So that can be listening to a guided meditation or it can be listening to um, music Or it might be listening to your breath. So if you really listen, you'll be able to hear yourself breathe. Or listening to your silent mantra in your mind. So you're just repeating a word in your mind over and over again. Um, If it's visual, you might actually visualise something. So you might combine audio and visual by listening to a guided meditation that actually gets you to visualise something so you're actually seeing something. So that's visual with your eyes closed. You can also do visual with your eyes open where you can stare into a flame or just like really zone out and just stare at a particular object um, and really focus on that. And then kinesthetic is going into the body. So I found that this was a really good place for me to start So, my first effective way of meditating was actually yoga. So, I had tried sitting meditation and my mind was just so busy that I found sitting meditation really frustrating because I just felt like I was a failure. And being a perfectionist, I wanted to be really good at it. And so, I just got mad at myself because I felt like I thought more when I sat down to meditate than when I wasn't meditating. And so, by doing some very gentle, yoga movements which is basically moving in time with your breath so as you breathe in you do one gentle movement and as you breathe out you do another one so I found it easier to take my attention into moving my body than to try and focus on breath or you know listen to something and so they're the three different things that people could try out and I would say start for a very short period of time so that you don't put yourself off by finding it difficult. So maybe do five minutes, maybe do five minutes of those three, find out which one you like the best. And then just continue with the five minutes once a day. And over time, you will naturally enjoy it and want to spend more time doing it. But I think meditation doesn't just encompass stillness. I think meditation is Any form of focus. So, surfing can be meditation, Um, walking along the beach can be meditation, walking through a forest can be meditation, writing a book, um, you know, anything that you just get lost in it. For my son, it's playing the piano. Like he could play the piano for hours and it's a form of meditation for him. So, I think that we don't have to define it as just being in stillness. I think it's that real presence, really so focused on what you're doing. That time just doesn't exist.
1: Hmm.
0: Thank you. It's golf for me. Once a week going down to the Gundagai golf course and walking along the river by myself with my Labrador and my golf. I I do meditate, but for me that active presence in nature and in a sport that I love is a really great way for me to do it. It took me a long time to give myself permission to go and do that, but now it has become and they're non-negotiable, and 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 I think we can find ways to do this in addition to sitting quietly, um, which is probably a lot of our thoughts around what meditation is, to be able to do it with a surfboard or do it with a golf club in the hand, Um, you know, just as good, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Perfect. Hayley, last question for you, if I could. Um, You mentioned mindset and working really hard on that three years ago, and I think it was first year of your journey with farm owners what were some of the biggest changes or learnings that you had by making a dedicated focus on changing your mindset
1: so i think the biggest key learning i had was that i was creating my life and so my thoughts my feelings and actions were actually being projected from my internal into my external reality so Everything that was playing out in our lives, we were creating. And so that was probably my biggest, biggest learning. So that awareness then and actually going, okay, if I'm creating this and it's not turning out how I want it to be, how do I then, And which is where I went into like changing our mindset, was that if I can create what I don't want, I can create what we do want or what I do like what I want and then when you actually start to do that you see the endless possibilities that can happen because you actually see that you're in control of life so that was probably our biggest shift was actually just starting to become aware of our thoughts and our feelings and our actions where they were coming from and reprogramming that and then actually seeing them play out in our external reality were amazing and so like I mentioned like around money especially like it was only probably three months of changing our mindset around money that our financial situation started to dramatically change and so what kind of was phenomenal and blew my mind is that something so simple in terms of our mindset which you can work on for free you know you can work on yourself you can read books you can do what you want to do can actually have such a big impact on your business and I think it's something that farmers really disregard because it really blows my mind that farmers will spend so much money on the precision part of it so so much money on yield mapping and so much money on the technological stuff yet our mind is the most powerful computer you have ever got in your life and ever have access to yet people won't actually invest their money or farmers won't invest their money in upgrading that it's kind of like a computer program we're running all these computer programs Yet if we choose to upgrade them, we're going to be running really optimally and it's no different to precision farming. Yet it's, I think, something that's really disregarded because especially I think coming into farm owners, people want that, um, the doing part of it. They want the what can I do to make my farm better? You know, what thing can I get? You know, it's like what, what new equipment can I have? that will make my farm better. That's what people want. But then I think as the journey goes on in farm owners is that you start to realise that this, you know, your mind computer and tapping into that is really, really the key to what's going to propel your farm. And that's probably been the biggest learning for us is really that making the most of what we have and actually fine-tuning that and that being such a big enhancement.
0: Wow, thank you, Haley. I want to acknowledge your commitment to the Farm Owner Academy program over the three years. It's been wonderful recently, in my experience, just to see how you turn up to this community and I guess the changes in you and your family and getting to know your children through our ultimate gift challenge. But it's just wonderful to hear um, glimpses of the journey that you've had and the impact that that's had for you and your family. So well done. And thank you.
1: Thank you, no, thank you to farm owners, really.
0: <laughs> Wonderful, Tracy. Um, coaching a whole host of our farming families. What do you see around the mindset shift um, that they're they're making as part of their journey?
2: Well, it's been so rewarding, and the interesting thing is that as Farm Owners Academy has grown, um, it's attracting people who. Uh, more ready for this as well. So I remember when one of my first coaching calls over three years ago, and um, I loved this guy because he was so honest, he said, Alright, I'm checking you out because you're not a farmer <laughs> and I'm not sexist, but you know, you're a woman and I wanna I wanna see what you've got, <laughs> see what your goods are. And he was so skeptical. Anyway, he actually became not that I have favorites, but our calls were fantastic because he really valued what I had to say and he probably was the most skeptical around mindset and around changing the way you think and he ended up really embracing it and when I look at you know one of the groups that I've been coaching has just graduated and when I look at what they're like now compared to three years ago they um know how to set goals, believe in their goals, plan for their goals and take action and think positively. And when, you know, one of the examples is a family who wanted to buy a second um, farm for their son and every, every obstacle, every time they didn't get this particular farm, I kept saying there's something better coming there's something better coming. And they're like, okay, okay, we trust you. We're disappointed, but we trust you. And then when the perfect farm was next door, so they just rang the guy next door and he, they got him on a bad day. He was really pissed off that particular day, and he went, "How much will you give me for it?" Over the phone, and he accepted their offer. And it was perfect. It ticked all their boxes. It was right next door, and you know they are so grateful for their shift in mindset and everything that they've learned through Farmer's Academy. So, I just find it incredible. I find that. The change is so significant um, and the community is just so amazing and I've really enjoyed it. It's been amazing.
0: Thanks, Tracy. Yeah, um, that's my experience as well. It is an amazing program and it is an incredible community. Um, Just on that and in finishing, um, as of August and given coronavirus, we haven't been able to host our top producer programs that we would normally have done in July and September this year. And so from August, we're opening up applications to our Platinum Mastermind program. And so if that interests you, you can drop drop onto our website at farmownersacademy.com forward slash Platinum Mastermind and make an inquiry through that link. I'll include that in the written introduction as well. But that aside, and as much as we'd love your application, I want to acknowledge Hayley and Tracy for their time today, but also the work that they do. Um, Perhaps, Hayley, you first. Would you mind telling us a little bit more about the Abundant Farmer and what people can do to get in touch with you and, and the journey that you take them on through that program?
1: Yep, so the abundant farmer is really about teaching farmers to pay attention to their money in the moment. So it's about really being mindful about their money and being aware of what they're thinking, feeling and doing when it comes to money because I find that money is the biggest stressor on farms and in a lot of people's lives, but it also is the biggest remover of passion in farming life, in farmers' lives. So if you can like help farmers get a handle on their money, then they can actually start to farm with passion. And when you can see people farm with passion, like there's just something so amazing about that. And so what I do is I walk them through the process probably from a holistic point of view in that sometimes we get very focused on the action part. So we get very focused on knowing our figures, which is amazing and that's a very important part. But there's also three other key areas around that in terms of understanding how you attract money and also being in alignment with money as well too. So getting that mindset around money in alignment with where you want to go. So when you can get those three key areas, the attraction to money, the alignment with money and taking the action towards money, then what you can actually do is start to create abundance in your life and then you can start to manifest the life that you actually want to live and how you want it to be and you'll it opens your farm then up to this endless potential and also that real, like I said, that key passion comes back out again because you realise that you have everything that you need right now. You are already abundant. And that feeling that um, being abundant is what actually creates abundance in your life, which is completely the opposite thinking to what you know people think now. Like Tracy said, you think you need the money first. To then feel abundant in life, but it's actually the complete opposite. So that's where I work with farmers to really change their mindset around money.
0: Wonderful work, so important. And so, HayleyGrosser.com is the best place to go to find out more. And that's Hayley, H A Y L E Y Grosser, dot R.com. So um, we'll include details of that um, link in our intro as well. Now, coming back to this conversation around mindfulness and its importance in business leadership, it's been a fantastic conversation. I love connecting with both of you. So thank you again. Tracy is launching in August a program called the Seven Day Calmness Code Challenge, which is all about helping people get a bit of a kickstart in this new direction of mindfulness. And so... I think you launch it on the 13th of August, but it actually starts for seven days from Monday the 24th of August. Tracy, can you tell us a bit about what the Calmness Code Challenge is all about?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So um, we start on the 24th, which is a Monday. You'll come into a private Facebook group just for people doing the Calmness Code challenge and there will be a video each day for seven days and homework for you to do each day. So I'll be coming in and responding personally to all of your homework and giving you feedback and answering any questions that you have. And so it's an opportunity for you to learn seven different tools that you can use to be able to start to become calm and have that state of peacefulness it's really interesting because when I ask somebody what their goal is I ask them if you already had that goal how would you feel and they say content and they say relaxed And so if we can work on calmness and mindfulness and actually get you into that state of feeling relaxed now, then you will just enjoy your current life as it is. And as Hayley was saying, being on that frequency, being on that vibration will attract all those things that you think you have to have to be able to feel calm. So what we do is I do a little 15-minute call with you prior, one-on-one to the challenge starting to make sure that you're a good fit. Um, and then I have another one-on-one call with you at the end. So you get a lot of coaching from me, which is why we have limited numbers. So I allow 30 into the group at a time. Um, So when you click on the link, you'll be able to register for it and book in a call with me.
0: Perfect. I've been lucky enough to um, be part of one of Tracy's programs over the last six weeks and... um, it's been wonderful already and fantastic to do with a, a small group of other farming men. So, um, I can advocate personally for Tracy's um, ability in this space. Um, and also, Tracy, it's just delightful again to acknowledge all the work you do with our clients. And so, if this is um, something to explore for you now, the whole theme of being more calm and being more mindful. The Calmness Code Challenge is a cracking way to start.
2: Thanks, Jeremy.
0: Perfect. So, ladies, thank you so much. A really important topic. Um, I pinched myself a little bit. It seems a little bit odd to be um, talking about all of this out to hundreds of farming blokes and their partners and families, but I just think it is such an important topic Um, and just encourage people just to... Embrace the tips that Tracy and Hayley have shared around slowing down, being more present, um, removing the busyness, um, leaving work there so that we can be more present where we are perhaps Um, and just giving yourself permission to let go of ego and to check in with where you're at and to enjoy the moment so that, yeah, life can be more pleasant and more enjoyable. in every action and every task and every choice that we make. Hayley, thank you.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Jeremy. And thank you, Tracy, too. Oh, thanks, Hayley.
0: And thank you, Tracy. You're welcome. Enjoy your few weeks, guys. Take care and um, be mindful. Bye for now.